Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and welcome to Music Is Not a Genre, the interview edition. If you've been following along, you know that this is part two of my two-hour interview with Shock. When we last left off, we were talking about the pervasiveness of technology in culture and how uh, different people and groups are handling that. I will pick up slightly before we ended last time to give you the flow of the conversation and then take it from there. I hope you enjoy it. Anyway, yeah, tech, I'm not I'm not afraid of technology and and um and I'm and I'm not wowed by it and and uh controlled as easily by it. Other there are people who if if you live off the grid, fine. That's totally fine, whatever that means to you. But I think if you don't, if you're part of the world, I don't think it serves to be a technophobe. But we need to have enough right. skill and presence of mind to find that balance where the, you know, the people I know who there are people I know who are like, oh, I had to turn my Facebook account off for six months or something like that. And that's fine. But to me, what that means is they're allowing technology to control them. And I've got to, yeah, go ahead. Vice versa. And if you have that presence. Oh, yeah. And I've got to announce that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just not use it. You have to, I got to deactivate it, but then I've got to let everybody know I'm deactivating it. And then I got to reactivate it to let, make sure, you know, two days from now, that, I've, that, I'm, that I'm not here, by the right. way, the week later. By the way, just so you all know, I'm not using this. But wait a minute. I'm, while I'm here, I'm going to check these messages and make a couple posts. I'm deactivating it again. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I hope yeah. it works for you. But yeah, I, I uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's silly. Yeah. Why, why bother? Just stop using it, you know, and go yeah. use it when you have to. Why does it have to be cut and dry? And, um, and what I, just to get back to the music real quick, um, what it seems to me then with the way music. you're doing music, yeah, that's that thing, uh, is that you've you've kind of done in music what you hope people do in life, which is you have found a way to use technology, digital music, you know, and, and industrial elements, dance and house and all of that, and meld it with the organic and even bring some of that into the organic nature of music. And yeah. You know, that seems like mm-hmm. almost like a story in itself that you're telling with the way you do music. Correct. Um, and and adding to that and also adding to the thing that we talked about with the fast food version, mm-hmm. one of the one of the problems with creating a market for quickly ingestible art that is then spewed out like a like a, like a, like a stomach virus um, are things like these streaming services, which are 
very lo-fi. They don't represent the, the, the music very well. If you were to A, B it, even with an MP3, which is lo-fi, you'd hear a difference, even to an untrained ear. But regardless, people, it's gotten people even further than what happened with iTunes, where, where uh, we're going to sell a song for a dollar and the artist gets, you know, whatever small percentage uh, and it's a really crappy quality thing and you don't even own the mp3 that we you've downloaded you it's it's you're borrowing it from us for, for the term um as far as the legal parts of it are not what you can do with it but um uh now you're streaming it from this crappy service and you're going to spend 10 bucks a month to support this service where you can create your playlists but you've not supported the artist now as a little side note brush off the crumbs this streaming service will dust a little small percentage of what they've gotten from the people, from the subscribers. They'll give the artists a small measly crumbs of pennies. And, and that's, that's created a very tough reality for artists. There's a lot of people that are very excited about it because to them, they were never making money on their music prior, or they're making so much that because they're getting a lot of views that, for them, it's decent, but overall, it's trained people not to pay for art, to just pay for the vehicle that delivers the art. And that's the unfortunate thing, because again, it's the whole fast food thing. I need, I need it instantly. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And, you know, there's days where I'm like, <clears throat> well, I, I want to get my music on there too. But then I think about it, I'm like, well, in the long term, we're only damaging the art form. And a lot of younger people and a lot of people say, you're not hip to it. That's the old way of thinking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an old way of thinking, but it's also what's fair. And just because you can steal something and give someone who's the, 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 the you know, people are allowing you to, to steal it. Now, it's not like this company's coming on board and taking your music, but people are allowing their art to be given out there for a very, very low percentage <clears throat> when it doesn't need to be. You have great places out there like Bandcamp, for example, and their percentage is very small because they're doing a good thing for you. And mp3.com was around 20 years ago and more. Yeah. They were able to, to give people, I mean, maybe they gave too much and maybe that's why they're not around. I don't know. But I certainly made a lot of money on mp3.com. Yeah. And I didn't even have a ton of, I mean, I guess I had a decent amount of following, but it can be done where people make a lot of money and it's fair for everybody involved. And i find that what's happening right now is you have a very horrible system and it's training people that this is what art is. Art is, is just completely disposable. I'll pay, I'll pay the, the service fee for the distribution network because I've got to get it on my phone. Yeah. Do you think it's possible um, for artists to, to change that? If people keep on saying no, yeah. But if more people just give in, put their music into this platform, then no. But yeah. you know what? I mean, I'm not making, I mean, if you, if you hope that you're going to have a good following, you don't need to worry about that. And you have the right dedicated audience. You know, there's a lot to be said for exposure on platforms like that, but there's other platforms out there that can provide for exposure. And hopefully those things will work for you. Getting, getting, getting over to the Twitch thing. Um, and the, my live tube thing was uh, yeah. along with being a, a musician like I said, I, I love listening to music. And one of the things that I did for many years was uh, I would spin music so I could share what I liked with other people. So, you know, mixing it with, here's some songs I know you like, 
And now I'm going to introduce you to some new things that are similar that you probably don't know yet. And we're going to educate you on something. And maybe I'll play you something that was related to something, or maybe you just didn't know about this thing, or, hey, these people collaborated. How about that? And that's what I did for years. And when I, during the pandemic, I found myself on this gaming platform, <clears throat> Twitch. And I was seeing there were people were DJing on there and and Zoom and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, Zoom is kind of weird for that. But Twitch is nice because you have multiple places you can go to. It's like going to, uh, you can check out different club nights almost. And there's chat rooms like there used to be back in the day. And people are communicating and sharing information. And I started thinking, well, I, I can do that too. And I, I have my own spin on it because I have a, there's, there's a lot of history, music history that I know about that, it, that I think a lot of people would be interested in learning um, the background of what artists became in what band or, or this song is actually a cover of that song. Did you know that this song was a cover? I mean, a lot of people don't even know things like I want candy as a cover or something like that, or, or what, what songs Led Zeppelin stole their career, you know, their thing from or whatnot. And um, so it's been, so I started doing these shows where it's like edutainment, you know, it's you're educating and you're entertaining and they've been really they've been really successful and, and there's been we've created a very nice community of wonderful people that are also avid music lovers and then bringing people on board to do music festivals online and we'll have things where we did one called the swirly fest recently which is a uh, shoegaze and trip-hop ethereal world music kind of mixture so it's and, and we had 30 something djs and and we had one the, the month before which we're about to do again which is uh, awesome. O S E M old school electronic music. And we, and that's going to be a three day online music festival. The last one was two over two. And, um, and it, it brings a lot of people from all over the world together and people are sharing music from the past, but also educating you to different things you might've missed. Wow. Maybe they'll tell you some stories about things. It's, it's really, it's a, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I love that. You're sharing, it's a way to, you're sharing good music and you know, Anybody can do that, but you're using it in a, to, like you said, to educate people to say, it's it's like these, if you like this, then you'll like this, but you're doing it with the knowledge of what you're right. doing. I, I love that, you know. Right, and, and it's tailored to the people, and we, and we have interaction. So people shift what happens. I do, I do a night every Thursday, which would start out as a uh, sort of a Depeche Mode night, and we would play requests as well as really rare stuff, and my connection with the band and all that, I was able to get a bunch of different rare things and whatnot. And on my show, we have, we're interviewing uh, Martin's daughter. She has a band and whatnot and um, called the weird wolves. Um, but it's in, so that show started. And, and, but what we've recently been doing is we've, we will play covers and strange things that we'll, we'll do like a gong show and people can interact on there. So it, people drive it, but I've also set up a poll on our discord, our community message board and people can vote on what artists we're going to feature each week. So last night they had the option of um, last night the options were it was it was Dead Can Dance and um, Prince, whatever. And but it went up it went up being it went up being a Bowie night. And so we we did all David Bowie stuff and played David Bowie covers and 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 collaborations he'd done and. Some people probably didn't know that Bowie, you know, had done a lot of collaborating with, with obviously Brian Eno, but um, Iggy Pop as well. And then, right, uh, how all that began and people who he's influenced over the years and 
talk, talking about going to his 50th birthday party, which was really amazing at Madison Square Garden, where Robert Smith came up, and then you had uh, Smashing Pumpkins and Sonic Youth and Lou Reed, and all these different people were involved with that. It was just, it was just really, really nice. And anyway, the, the, the Tuesday show I do is uh, called 320 Minutes, and it's, it's very similar to like the old uh, 120 Minutes on MTV. And we're also going to be bringing on Matt Pinfield, who was the host of that show. And uh, I've known Matt for a couple decades now. And so, so we're going to do a, a show together. So I think that's going to be really fun. And I, and I, who knows what that'll turn into? But knowing the, the background of stories is really is something that fascinates me. I love documentaries. So you know, working on this documentary, doing this dysfunk soundtrack that I was telling you about, it's it's actually just other stuff in there. It's been very fascinating because the this, the the story, which at some point I can talk about it. Um, it's very, very strange. And as you go along, you're like, that guy couldn't have done that. And then it gets further and you're like, oh my God, he did that. What else did he do? And it gets crazier and crazier. It's a really crazy story anyway. But combining what we've talked about here, here's something very strange. I was in the shower and, uh, you know, one, there's many things you can do in a shower. Uh, but one of the things that, that happened in the shower was I started thinking about documentaries and I started thinking, you know, this whole thing that's happened since the pandemic with Twitch and these shows has been pretty much a really interesting renaissance during this art renaissance period. People are home and they're stuck at home and they've got to figure out what to do and how to entertain themselves and stay sane and, and whatnot. And um, and in the beginning, I was not in a good I was not in a good place. I was coming out of a, a, a really rough time where I was trying to figure out what was what I was doing with my life. And because um, sometimes you can get lost and. Uh, and you might just think like, you know, I had, there was a lot of deaths in my family. So I started thinking about the world and where everything was and um, friends had passed away and I was, I was hit by a car. It was like a lot of weird stuff happened all at once. So it made me really get introspective about who I am today. And, and geez, I was just in my late twenties and I wasn't even living in LA and now it's years later. And, you know, there's great memories to be had. Like, you know, what I've ever expected to, what I've ever expected to, to be in these friendships I've been in or relations that I've had with people. I mean, bands that I grew up enjoying, I played in those bands or I produced it or I've been a ghostwriter or I've been a collaborator. I mean, every, everything from, from working with both Daniel Ash and David J from Love and Rockets and Bauhaus to, uh, you know, be, being on tour, uh, as a drummer in bands, like whatever, some of the bands, like, like old wax tracks bands that I play drums for and stuff like that. So even with all that said, I start, you start thinking, well, I thought I'd be further along in my life and you can go down that rabbit hole and it's a very, it gets to be very dark. So anyway, finding Twitch for me and being able to put myself into doing something creative and positive and not going to a job I hated or, or working on someone's music that I was like, oh, I'm just working on everybody, everybody else's stuff. And I'm slowly able to kind of do what I want, but I'm racing all around all day to just make ends meet. And I'm not seeing any kind of result artistically or even um, psychologically or, or spiritually or anything. I'm not able to progress right now. I'm just, it's a, it's a groundhog day effect. And that was happening to me prior to having being stuck at home. I was stuck in a, in a loop of, jobs that I hated where I wasn't use, utilizing my, my mental capacity. Mm-hmm. And I was just an ant. I was a worker, worker drone. And um, so finding Twitch was very instrumental in getting me up and connecting the people. And it made me accountable. I've got to do this at seven o'clock this day. I've got to do this at 10 o'clock this day. 
you know, it gave me a schedule. I've got to do these things at this time. And, and also the soundtrack did, of course, as well, working on a soundtrack with different people, because then you have a bunch of people in a group that I have a team that I've amassed. And, and, and while I'm managing them as well, it's like, I've got to, ma- I got to manage myself. And, um, and so, but while I was in the shower, I started thinking about all this stuff and I started thinking, well, there's a lot of people I know that have felt much better and have been liberated by not only just being able to entertain or, or share some art with people, but have also been able to be on the other side where they're the audience and they're able to connect with others that are like-minded saying, oh, I love that band too. 808 State, I haven't heard of them in years. Oh. Renegade Soundwave, you know, uh, you know, Minor Threat, wow, or that, oh, I, didn't, I forgot about that Clash song, you know. So those kind of things, those connections and, and finding people that are like-minded, I mean, you know, these are people, I mean, you're, it's people of all ages, you know, so, you, you know, it could be someone who's 18 and then the rest of everybody is like 50s. And, and it doesn't matter because it's all about the music and about the art. I mean, and, and we're all on the same playing field. Um, but I started to think about what, what this has done for me in terms of uh, uh, um, finding myself again and feeling good and, and also being able to turn it into something financially great so that I can keep on building the community and doing more things like we've done these drive-in events and whatnot, uh, outdoor drive-in events mm-hmm. to uh, creating a, a blog zine to whatever. I started thinking, well, there's a lot of people have done this. I'm not the only one. And, and there's other people that probably want to tell their stories of what happened to them before and what, what, what's happened. So I thought, okay, let's, let's do a documentary on pandemic DJs. Now it could also be bands that have happened, but you know, we're going to focus on this small portion of it and, and then let it go out. And um, what's interesting is that, Twitch is owned by Amazon. Okay. And Amazon likes documentaries. So there's a lot of leeway to where this can documentary can blossom. Yeah. So it's been really nice. And I've started formulating what needs to be discussed on it and what the focal points will be. I mean, I, you obviously get the point of where, where I believe it's going to go anyway, but it's about interviewing people who've maybe lost loved ones during this time or have been through bad illness during the summer who are fearing for their lives, but the music kept them sane or knowing that they could tune into a station and there was 50 to a hundred people hanging out, listening to music that they love and they could connect with. Even it was just simple, like, Hey, how's your day today? They do they, they were at home by themselves. How's your day? Just that might, might, might make a difference for someone. Yeah. What'd you eat today? You got to think about it. What did I eat today? <laughs> well, I had a, you know, I had a date, egg, chocolate, nacho, brownie, and vodka sandwich and i don't you know so you know there was weird stuff that i was hearing about during the beginning of the pandemic people were just like going raiding their stuff they were like up in there and um you know but i mean also the art thing that happened the explosion was nice we mentioned not so earlier i mean i when i'm really in pain or or, or depressed I, I try to come up with something funny and um every once in a while something's funny and i it makes me laugh and uh and I sometimes can make other people laugh or, or maybe just groan. I don't know. But either way, you get a good response yeah. of some sort, even though like, oh, it's a dad joke. I'm like, well, I don't have kids, but I guess it works. All right. Maybe that's why I have dad jokes. And um, I have a kitten. But anyway, um, um, I had connected through Twitch with someone I had DJed with when I was in um, Dallas by the name of Joe Virus. And and we were talking, I don't even know how we're talking. Oh, I, I had done a spoof of the Sisters of Mercy called, instead of this corrosion, it was this coronavirus. 
<laughs> which you can find on online. And um, and so I told them that I was working on one for uh, Knights of Reb or Knights of Reb, whatever you want to pronounce it. And 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 um, and so he goes, I, I was thinking about working on one too. And then so we we wound up collaborating and made this stay inside your home that that wound up and you know going vi- crazy viral and it's it was like a huge hit all over the all over the internet you know not it was gonna be in any dance club but all over the internet and it's you know you, you know there's and there's merchandise for this thing everywhere i mean you know here's my mask it's a not to have mask get yourself a not to have mask hey, nice. um but um hey, there you go nice. but get just or is or, or is that some underwear i don't know that could that could be underwear anyway but um or maybe like a, a, a banana hammock you know what i'm saying but um but but the, the interesting and and, the, and what was funny is uh, uh, being fr- being really close friends with with both Douglas and Bon of that band. It was going to be interesting to see what they thought of it. And um, Bon thought it was great and thought he thought it was really funny. And Douglas actually, um, I was waiting for him to say something because we were we we've been talking pretty pretty often during the beginning of the pandemic about life and whatnot. And he we've been we've been very close over the years and. Um, he'd sent me a picture of his dog one day and I was like, wait, did you ever, did you ever hear that song by the way? And, and he goes, Oh, I did. He, and I was cause I, cause I just, you know, I was like, maybe he hates it. Cause at this point someone's got to have shown him. And, and I didn't know if he knew it was me, but he, he, he didn't know it was me. And, but he was like, Oh, he goes, he, uh, and he, he approved. He said, he goes, Oh, I thought it was so really funny. He goes, and then he, he added on to, he goes, and it sounded really good too, which was nice to have a kind of an official, you know, we love it. Yeah. But, um, um, but yeah, I mean, so, so during this whole Twitch was responsible for all these things because I never would have reconnected with Joe. He's someone that I knew a zillion years ago. These are people that I, I mean, and there's people that I talk to now on a daily basis because of this people on the East coast that, that I, you know, I, you check in with them, you know, if you're going back to New York or Philadelphia or DC or Boston or something and you're like, Hey, I'm coming to town. But now I speak to them every day. We on our Discord, we, we and we do games night on Monday nights. So every every Friday night, we have a movie tonight. We have a movie night tonight. We're showing like the Tank Girl and Cherry Two Thousand on our Discord, and and you never know what it's going to be. And people vote on these things again, um, and we've created communities, and it, and it's it's very special. And again, it, we're creating something that you, that you can feel, and you feel good, and it helps you. And again, it's like the music where you create something where you can walk away with it and have a good feeling. And, and to me, that's really good art is when you feel something. Uh, people, some people say, well, there's no bad art. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I think there's bad stuff because, in, you know, intention's part of it too. But something that makes you feel is really important. And I, and I am very honored that I've been part of something that has made people feel safe, made people feel special, made people feel loved and able to grow and, and learn things again and, and, and look toward a brighter future and, and look around. And even though there's, there can be a lot of darkness around us to find something positive, because for me, I, I, I didn't even have, I didn't have that for a long time. I, I felt very like there's nothing new right now. And, and it's, it's, it's downhill from here and yeah, might as well sell off every piece of music here I have. And, it came down to the last hour of me almost getting rid of my recording studio last year. Mm. It was crazy. Mm. It was crazy. And I, I'm so glad that, that I didn't God, because yeah. now I'm thriving and, and, and I'm only thriving because I think the progression of things like Twitch reminded me of who I am for the first time in years. And that, that, I, that I am still this person that I was when I was younger and I, and I had these dreams and ambitions to make a change and make people feel special. Yeah, that's incredible. 
So, so that, that makes me really, and, and that's why it, it's very special for me and important for me to share this story because there's a lot of other people that, that, that have no doubt been in the same situation and needed, needed someone to talk to in the middle of the night. Well, I'm excited whenever, whenever it comes together. Um, I think that, I think that the greatest point there and maybe the turning point is, uh, something that I, yeah, I had to learn even a couple of years ago with my soon to be wife, which is, um, you can talk all you want about, uh, thank you. Thank you. You can talk all you want about reaching the world and, and with your art and, uh, you know, communicating and connecting, but unless you are actively trying to, you know, make those connections and talk to people and find common ground with people, whether it's music or something else, you won't really get there. So your mm-hmm. efforts creating this Twitch and then what came of it and, and what you're doing after all comes from that. You can, only, you know, people who self-produce can often end up feeling pretty isolated and, and are, and kind of yeah. need to force themselves out of that very comfortable pocket or you get disillusioned, you get disconnected and you, that's exactly what you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, you could be um, smiley and like running around. And then as soon as the cameras are off and you're, or you're off stage, you're like, mm-hmm. it was like the opposite of that frog where it's like, hello, my lady. Hello, my lover. Hello, my ragtime gal. Get up on stage. And then as soon as the audience would appear, he'd be like, you're like, Rizzin. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan J. Frog. Yeah. And that's, and that's how, that's how that's how I felt like I was I'd have to go places and put on a nice face and then I'd come home and I was be like just miserable I'd be just watching mindless well I shouldn't say I was watching some good programming but there was no output it was just input and I was just I was learning a lot about technology and I was always because I love to I love art in general like I'm a big like I said I just loved it and just new stuff all the time and and also old stuff and just learn and review old stuff, old stuff too. I, I don't, it's not like I'm not going to listen to stuff I, I, I was into, but anyway, I, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, I don't know. You gotta, what am I trying to say? I guess it's important to connect to people is really what it comes down to and make people feel good and you to feel good and, and be proactive, be proactive and mm-hmm. don't get stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. If there's anything, sure there's more, there's a better yeah. way to tie that in a bow, but that's what I got. Good bow. I like it. I'll, t- I'll take it. Um, which, which, which brings me to uh, where I guess, I don't know, I guess I make the time here, but where we make the time, but I feel like this is a good time to uh, wrap our conversation because or the music makers. Yeah, what, what a better, what a better way, what a better message to end with. But before we end, um, you know, and there may be something you want to say and I want to hear it, but I have two questions or I have a comment and a question. The comment is, I like the mashup that your t-shirt is. I, I really, I really enjoy that. that and then I mean, one of Thank those, you. uh, you've got yes. the Simpsons and Bauhaus for people who don't know, you know, that is freaking great. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Worth I had it. on, I, I also had a, um, over there I had, I have a um a cat misfits one which is meowfits, but um <laughs> yeah I I um again it's combining things I love combining and mashing things. In fact, on my show I do a lot of mashups because I love that. Mm. And um, oddly enough, <clears throat> here's a little tidbit for you. We can probably link it. 
for people as a free download with your, uh, on, on the YouTube or wherever we'll, we'll have it. Uh, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. It's, um, it's it, one of the earliest known mashups, which was something I did before they were called mashups. And I had taken the Humpty Dance, going back to see how we bring it all back together from nothing but trouble. Yeah. The Humpty Dance, bringing it all the way back to, to uh, Shock G, the other Shock. And um, I took the Humpty Dance and mixed it in with nine, uh, nine Inch Nails down in it. Shake your rump from the Beastie Boys, yeah. Human Resource, The Dominator, and The Choice is Yours by Black Sheep, and a bunch of other pieces in there. And uh-huh. had, um, I, I had been DJing this thing for a while and just kind of mixing things up. And then at one point, I, I cut the pieces up. And, and this is prior to, to a lot of the technology being a lot easier as it is today with programs like uh, with Elastic Audio, you know, like Acid, uh, not Acid, uh, um, Ableton and, and Live and, and um, you know, uh, um, all of them that do the same thing at this point. It was prior to all that. And I, and, and I, so I did this little mashup and it, it, it kind of went pretty nutty back then. And, um, but again, it's, it's about combining art forms and doing something new with them. And I, I love that. And bands like Meat Beat Manifesto, who have been instrumental in my world as uh, mentors, uh, Jack Dangers is another person who has, like Art of Noise, where they would take something over here that you wouldn't expect to go with something over here, and let's put them together, and then we have something new. And that, that to me, is true art. Whether it's like a Duchamp uh, creation or a Dali where you're like, well, that's not supposed to go like that. It becomes something that does go like that because eventually people learn that that, that works and it trickles into the mainstream at some point. Absolutely. But, yeah. uh, you know, but, but that's, that's where I, I, and I love stuff like that. I love stuff that's forward thinking and I love stuff that mixes things and you didn't expect. I do that with words all the time. Um, that's what makes me tick. Is that now um, just coincidentally when I reviewed your album last year or how whatever I did with it, I was uh, also an, a couple of episodes later or prior to that, uh, I reviewed an album by a band called Pop Will Eat Itself. Do you remember them? Funny you mentioned that. I, I just got an email from Clint uh, earlier this week. And I've known Clint, actually, I've known Clint throughout the same period of meeting um, Matt Pinfield. And um, we actually had been set up to do work together for his debut record that was going to come out on Nothing Records, which was Trent Reznor's label through Interscope back in the late 90s. And um, that's a whole other discussion. But Clint did wind up, uh, during that time, had started working with his buddy Darren, who had a short, had a movie an independent film called Pie, which then blossomed to a big thing. And Darren Aronofsky has become a, a pretty big name mm-hmm. since. And Clint has be, uh, garnered the status of being a, a well-known and well-reputable composer. And he worked with Duncan Jones as well, who's uh, yeah. also known as Bowie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, and who's also a very nice person. And um and he did Moon, and he's done a bunch of other things, uh, Murder by Numbers, and uh, whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, so so Clint's done a lot. But yeah, but yeah, uh, they were also big. They were a big catalyst to what would come of what I did as a as an artist. Um, the same way that, that, that like the 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 Dust Brothers and slash Beastie Boys worked together. The same way that Public Enemy uh, or the Bomb Squad, who who really was behind Public Enemy. The same way that that Flood and and John Fryer. Uh, came together the same way that Keith LeBlanc and Adrian Sherwood 
and and the art of noise crowd and and all these people who are sculptors of sonics brian eno as well where you put things together that didn't necessarily belong together you were sampling and cutting things up renegade Soundwave is another big one mm. and you have all these artists where they, they you might be sampling a, a, a you know an old funk record for the drums and then the bass came from a rock album and then the the flute came from a classical song and then you threw your own instrumentation on it with maybe a a banjo and a cello and then like some weird dark synthesizer you know and and then you sang like you're a punk band on top of it and and that's what happened i mean there was a later generation after the whole wave of the artists i just mentioned which include beastie boys and and, and even even later versions, the Clash toward the end of the Clash, and which, which blossomed into Big Audio Dynamite, also did all that stuff. You also had stereo MCs, and you had all these people. Massive Attack as part of that that genre, who were at the time called the Wild Bunch, which is Nana Cherry and all that, which then okay. sp- sp- sprouted off the next wave of generation, which was maybe like the Nine Inch Nails and the Portis Head and the Sneaker Pimps and uh, all that. But um, and, and obviously, I guess Prodigy was part of that, and the Chemical Brothers as well, and Future Sound of London. They'd all be grouped in that next wave of sample sample people, because the first wave I think also includes people like Bomb the Bass, Tim Simonon, who eventually produced Pesh Mode. Anyway, but um, yeah, I'm, uh, getting back to it, yes, I know, I know, I know, uh, Pop Lead itself, and I'm a big fan of their work, and um, they're very important they're just as important as the Beastie Boys in terms of music. And I think most people in the United States probably never heard their work, but their, their, um, their mark on pop music, there's no question on what they've done with pop music. Um, they, they've been extremely instrumental. It's kind of the same way that Curve is not known by a lot of people, but they, their mark on music is greater than a lot of other bands because you would not have bands like Garbage if it wasn't for Curve. Got it. Got it. You know, those are the people that, that paved the way for curve. I mean, paved the way for garbage. That's what, but you can take it back further. Like Susie and Susie Sue paved the way for curve. You take it back even further and you, and you got Susie Quattro and mm. Patty Smith and all that and Grace Slick. So you take it even further back and then what influenced them. But, but there's a, but there's a clear path of, if you do your homework and all that, of, of what influenced what, and it's, the lineage is pretty clear once you once you once you see what's happening. And that's what, again, that's why I'm, I'm, I get excited. We're, we're going off the subject, but it's because I'm really passionate about what influence and where these things came from and how did we get here? Because no one just woke up today and said, "I'm going to make this." It, it came from somewhere. Well, that that is the subject to me because you're you're finding yeah. connections that other people might not see, and that's something that's it, it's like hugely exciting in. When I when I started when I started this this podcast, it came from a blog that I had, which was just me wanting to talk about my music collection and find a way to connect it and show this this influenced me in a certain way. And I was, you know, hoping that people would listen to the well-known artist and then listen to a song that I had created with my band or, or solo. And Eventually, what I found, which it's, I still hope it does that, but with the podcast lately, when it became video and now it's on audio and all over, is that while I was discovering things from my collection, I would listen to something that I hadn't heard in 30 years, like a pop, the pop will eat itself, bought it in college, loved it, had a couple of their albums, 
and then lost track of him, never listened to them again. And then I listened to it. And, and I think that episode of the podcast was actually subtitled or something. It had to do with the fact that when I listened to PWEI, I was really struck by how much of what they did ended up showing up in pop music years later. And to, and to hear right. that connection, mm-hmm. and to be able to see like, holy shit, you know, and that wasn't, that was not the first time it happened and not the last. There was, you know, I've done that with early They Might Be Giants or Big Audio Dynamite and just the way that those bands did things before other people did them. And yes, you're right. They came from somewhere. There were bands that did elements of that beforehand, but the way they did it just was like this, you know, kind of reverse echo of what would come later that ended up being not indie or underground. It took over the the pop world. And I just love that. I love that. So I'm glad you went down that road. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we, okay, now, before we go, this is my last question. And I hope that it's the, it's the thing that people have been waiting this whole time to hear because I should have asked this in the beginning. Why? Is it my trumpet? Is my trumpet mute? <laughs> no, but I need one of those now. I, um, why, why, why are you called shock? Hmm. Well, that's an interesting <laughs> one. Um, so this, and it's funny because this goes back to David Bowie. In 1987, in 1987, I went to see the Glass Spider Tour opened, uh, it was at the Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. Yep. And opening was Tommy Conwell and Young Rumblers, followed by Squeeze and then David Bowie. And he had a giant stage set up and he did magic tricks and made someone levitate and all that. On that tour was, I believe, was it Steve a young Steve Vai, who was that on guitar? But I know Peter Frampton was also in the band. But anyway, this fellow comes out. Oh, first I hear this weird, what sounds like a violin. And then I heard what, then I heard what sounded like a guitar doing call and response with his violin. Then all of a sudden this dude walks out with spiky hair and sunglasses. And it's just one guy on a guitar going crazy. And he, and he had like a little, one of those little microphones that comes around the headset. And he was, and, and in every once in a while, he would just scream out the word shock, <laughs> but it echoed. And I was like, oh, that's kind of powerful. And I didn't think anything of it. And then years later, when I was doing a, a project, I figured, all right, let's call this project shock. And I started performing um, at, even though my music wasn't necessarily like techno per se, although I guess it kind of was, um, I was performing at raves and big music festivals and people would forget my birth name. And they were starting to call me shock hmm. and, or I'd call them up and they wouldn't know who I was when I'd mentioned my name and this, though. So, so I just started saying, yeah, hi, it's shock. And, uh, and then my friends as a joke, when we'd be out, would, would call me shock and it just stuck. So it's been 30 something years now with that, pretty much of that, almost that name. Um, and so that's, that's where that comes from. That's, that's the history. Cool. Yeah. And it, you know, to the point where my mom, my mom became known in parts as, shock mom (laughs) i think that was her screen name for a while oh that's very cool i like that um and is that yeah so that's yeah 
is your birth name not something that you share just for privacy reasons or how does that work at this point it's something that i it doesn't even it's not even I, when i hear my birth name called i don't even turn around because i don't it's i've been i've been shocked longer than i've not been shocked at this point by far so it's a long time. Yeah. I don't even think about it. What and now? What about this? Mm-hmm. Is just for me because you know this is how it all started. Where where does Zeitmal come from? In uh, 1989, when I was working on my uh, my my own music, and I was doing the acting thing, and I found the rickety piano, as I said, and all that. I was I would I would go in the library and read these short stories and weird long. Um, books of different subjects and then random science things and whatnot. I remember James Thurber's a 13 clocks so then tr- tracked down years later uh, through this whole thing. It was a major undertaking to try to find this real original edition. Anyway, I had looked up this book of musical terms and one was Zeitmass and the other one was Zalzeit referring to uh, rhythm and the other one was referring to tempo. And I combined those words and came up with Zeitmal. Oh. Now, oddly enough, Zeitmal spelled differently would mean mealtime. So <laughs> it works that way too. <laughs> I love to eat. Holy Moses. You can see it on my stomach. Yeah. I love to eat. Oh my God. I, I just ate and I'm hungry again. I'm, I'm like telling you it's out of control. Is, yeah. And let's not even talk about pie. I'll go down a whole <laughs> hour. I don't even need a lot of sweet food. I like salt. I'll, I'm a salt. I will devour. Give me a salt lick and I'll just go right through it right now. But uh, no, not right. Not today, but. Um, but in general, yeah, salt and spicy. I like spicy. Oh God, yeah. I like a good juicy thing. I like it. juice and spice and a whole thing. And I do love corn, even though I don't really eat it much anymore. But corn's delicious too. But yeah, so I love food. Food is sight It's amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look up that now. It's like meal time because yeah, I have a bit of a food obsession myself. So <laughs> that might come in handy. Um, is there uh, anything that you would like to say before we wrap up? Anything you didn't promote? Well, anything thank you for your time. Thoughts? You know, uh, you're welcome. I would thank you for thank you for being here. I will have to say, and people will already know this once I edit it. This is going to be a two part interview. We, we we went places, and I'm going to I'm going to make it digestible. Um, not, not one minute, but one hour. Went places. <laughs> Good. I like it. I like it. They can handle it. Give, Damn, give, right. give, give people some stuff. They'll handle it. They did before. They, they got through the book. Wind of war. Wind of war. I don't know. Herman Walk's Wind of War. That was like 9,000 pages. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and, these, and these bastards watched, you know, the, the Snyder Cut and Lord of the, Lord of the, Lord of the Rings. Like nine years long as well. Uh, with 19 endings. Um well, let's see. You know, check out Not So Web if you want to laugh. Um, if you if you like games, we do a games night every Monday uh, at games and and and, do, and karaoke online. Uh, that's for the community stuff. We're we're doing we're, we have a blog and zine. It's a place for people to write and share, and whether it's poetry or any kind of journalism and things you think are odd facts or relatable news or science reviews of films and TV and books and other things uh recipes uh interest pieces art of any sort so if you want to collaborate on that there's outlets for that that your work can be seen by others that who knows where it could lead to and um 
I do these events now pretty regularly. People can join the My Live Tube um, Discord, which is a good place for it. You can find us on Facebook.com slash My Live Tube. Great. Um, Red Lake District's doing a lot of stuff. Um, there's a lot of free music. It's a, uh, I don't know what the easiest place for people to find Red Lake District is, but maybe uh, the Instagram is uh, at uh, RL District. And the Facebook is RLD Band, and um, Zeitmall is Zeitmall, and Lost Tapes, um, which is the kind of new wave post punky thing. I recently released a cover of In Excess. Yes, and um, that's um, on, yes. and that's on um, on the Instagram. It's Lost uh, Lost Tapes 007. On the Facebook, it's Lost Tapes Band. Okay. And then there's Emmett Peels, which is the ambient stuff. E M I T Peels, P E E L S. Uh, I'm producing the new Pierce record. Some people might remember a band called Cherry Bomb. She was the singer in Cherry Bomb and the oh, yeah. guitarist and main songwriter. Um, working on her record. Um, the soundtrack for, I don't know what the, ti- I'm, I don't know what I can say about this documentary that I'm doing a soundtrack for, but I will say that it will be out at some point if you, connect with me online you'll hear more about it i i i have an nda so i can't really talk too much about that one but you do know about pandemic djs which is my own documentary that i'm working on and if people who are watching this have been affected by uh online stuff from and it being a positive influence or a negative uh, as well as twitch in particular please contact me directly because i want to hear what your stories are we may want to interview you it'd be nice to connect with more people that have been um, affected by uh, Twitch. That's great. That's amazing. That's, uh, that's the best answer to that question I've, I've ever gotten. Uh, and I hope that any link that you did not share with me, you will send to me because I want to include all of that. This is just for people who don't know this podcast. Yeah. The Twitch link, the Twitch, the, the Twitch link is twitch. TV, twitch.tv slash my live tube yeah, and, that, uh, that. and it, there's the train again and monday mondays mondays are the games and karaoke night which we do on discord right now it's not right not back on twitch yet tuesdays is 320 minutes which is the mtv style program where we go back through the history they're serious right now oh, yeah. uh thursdays is request mode friday's movie night every saturday late night i do a show called midnight salad and uh, and then it, and that's streaming late for night owls, and we, sometimes we go so late that it becomes the morning stew, streaming early for daywalkers. So you never know what you're going to get. A lot of really crazy music videos, some short bits, some history. Music could be anything from blues to uh, hard, dark electro, and it could be anywhere. And I never know what's going to be. Someone might just say something in the audience in the, in the chat, and the next thing I know, I'm down a path of heavy metal or something. You know, but generally not metal, but. Great. Sometimes it does go there. Nice. You never know. Could be Caribbean music. You have no idea. <laughs> That's great. That's but whatever great. it is, we're going to have a good time. We're gonna explore yeah, things. You're doing so much and I love it. I love it all. And uh, I've, I've checked out uh, some of it and I have to say for anybody who hasn't just pick a link down there and start somewhere because it's worth, it's worth taking this trail, the, the, the shock trail. Um, and yes, this will be on YouTube It'll be on 
all the streaming services, just audio only. Uh, it's going to be pretty much, uh, you know, anywhere you would normally find a podcast and the links will be there too. Uh, Shock, thank you for spending all this time with me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. You're and uh, yeah, and uh, thank you to everybody out thank there. You. Who is uh, who has listened and watched and clicked and subscribed and shared and uh, my Patreon patrons and everyone who is a part of the Music Is Not a Genre family. We will see you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.